what's cool about what I do is that I can evolve with it. You know, like I didn't know I'd be writing about menopause. I didn't know I'd be writing about bikes. You know, like that's actually the, the best part of my this this existence that I've carved out is that there is no I'm never one of those like, oh, my God, it's Sunday. It's Monday tomorrow. Like, I, that's just not I I've never felt that way because I just really I do what I do. Like, and I, I like to ride bikes and sometimes race bikes and I, I write and I like to express myself and I like to tell stories and, and, and I like to take complicated scientific things and make them digestible. I, I've, I've always really enjoyed doing that. So it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, that's not to say every day's, you know, a circus and a picnic. It, it's not like sometimes the process is hard, but I really love what I do. And that's all it honestly is all I know. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to learn who they are, what they do, and why they do it. This is episode number 103, Celine Yeager, Menopause, Health, and Writing. Celine Yeager doesn't shy away from topics others might avoid. In fact, she is leading the conversation around menopause. She shares her journey into creating a podcast about menopause and her own experiences with menopause. Celine explains her thoughts on diet, nutrition, health tracking, and, if you know who Celine is, cycling. She discusses her relationship with writing and what she's currently reading. Celine Yeager is a professional health and fitness writer, cycling and nutrition coach, personal trainer, athlete, and, of course, a podcast host. She has written articles for many publications, including Bicycling Magazine, Runner's World, Men's and Women's Health, in addition to authoring, co-authoring, and contributing to over two dozen books. Beyond writing, Celine is the host of Hit Play, Not Pause, a podcast focusing on menopause for athletes. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 103. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Celine. It's a pleasure to finally get a chance to sit down and talk. We've like passed. So it's like turns out I, I love my life. I love my life. It turns out that really cool people live like in the same neighborhood <laughs> as me. And then after Melissa said, hey, let's talk to Celine. Then it was like one day you went by and I was like, I think that was Celine. I mean, I know she lives around here. So I was thinking you lived in the next town. But it turns out we're like actually neighbors. So that's awesome. I would love to mountain bike more, but I don't think I could even keep you in sight. But that's a topic for another day. <laughs> so I'm torn between. So let's let's do the obvious place to start first. Okay. I I know my wife is perimenopausal and then is on the cancer therapy drug tamoxifen, which mm. one of its effects is basically if you weren't going to have menopause, it will give you the effects of menopause mm-hmm. because it's an estrogen receptor blocker. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, for as much as any guy would ever know about it, I know what there is to know about that whole life change. So that's one thing that we definitely need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And if you're within the sound of my voice, you need to just press stop. Don't listen to me. Go listen to Celine's podcast where she's talking all about, I love the title. Say it the way you would say it. Hit play, not pause. Which is an awesome title for a podcast, let alone one that is about the menopause issue. So I, I want to talk about menopause, but I'm not even going to pretend to try and have a cogent conversation about it. But tell me a little bit about why so you started in September of mm-hmm. last year. So tell me about why did you go? Yeah, I need to make an entire project about this particular topic. 
That's a big that's ass a, question. That, it is a big question. It is a big question. And I will start with that was not I did not really ever set out to do a menopause podcast. Like that wasn't in my in my dreams or my cards or my <laughs> mission. I I I I didn't even think about doing one, but I had been a semi-professional athlete myself for a long time. So still sort of am, more semi than than pro these days, but it's pretty much all through my 40s. And then I hit about 48 and I was like this is what everybody's talking about. I thought that maybe I was going to miss it. <laughs> maybe I, I wasn't going to, to, to run into a lot of the issues that I'm sure we'll talk about. Power going down, body composition changing, anxiety, nights, the whole the whole nine yards. And I was also in the throes of writing a book proposal with Dr. Stacy Sims, who I had co-authored a book called Roar mm-hmm. with which was, we came out with that in 2016. And at the time, it was really to get menstruation on people's minds because, because the, f- the female hormone fluctuations, particularly estrogen and progesterone, influence a whole lot of physiology that is just underappreciated, you know, as far as like blood plasma and moods and, and strength. And I could go on and on. But, you know, we had wrote this book sort of to be like, women are not small men because all the studies had been done on yes. men and just translated to women and done women a tremendous disservice. disservice. We can talk about intermittent fasting for a whole day on that. Like just what is like what? I kind of want to talk about that one, but please keep going. Okay. Yeah. No, no. So, <laughs> Roar. so yeah. So, so that book had come about and we gave menopause one chapter, you know, because it was, it was sort of a, a whole tome on, on women's lives. So it included pregnancy and all this stuff. And at the time, we had gotten some blowback that one chapter was not enough. And but neither of us were in that sort of space ourselves yet. It's like you don't know what, what you're you going to be writing know. until yeah. you're like, well, how much is there? We just, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we covered it, but we, you know, it, a, a lot of people came back to us saying, no, "No, no, 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 no. One chapter is not enough. We need more." Hashtag forgotten athletes. All kinds of things going on. So I'm like, okay, let's let's get this ball rolling, and. So we got the ball rolling and I'm working on the proposal and all of a sudden this sort of menopausal storm hits me and I, I feel out of control myself. Mm-hmm. And I text Stacey and I say, I don't know if I can write this book because if I, if I can't get my shit together and I, I, I can't tell other women what to do, you right. know, I mean, like I have a real authenticity ethic in my work. And I'm like, I'm not going to write something that I don't believe. And if I, if I can't stay on top of my own physiology, who am I to tell women that they can t- stay on top of theirs? And she's like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an excellent you're, friend. You're, you're yes. not the first person, believe me, to tell me this. And this, you know, she told me a lot of advice, which, you know, I, uh, we will talk about. But, uh, you know, women need to lift heavier weights to get the same anabolic stimulus and you become more carbohydrate sensitive and you need more high intensity and more true rest. And there's different adaptogens that can work. And she gave me this whole thing. And I, I felt like I got on top of it. You know, I was able to sleep. I got on top of it and I was like, okay, we can write this book. So this is a very long way to answer your question. But, but during this process, she was working with her agency, you know, that helps promote Roar and promotes her products. Mm-hmm. And they came to me and asked if I wanted to be involved in a webinar on menopause and athletes. 
And I said, you guys need a podcast. And they said, do you want to do it? And I said, yes. <laughs> and that's exactly how it started. I had been doing a podcast with a cycling, you know, just a, it was called The Pace Line. And it was just conversations, how cycling fits into your lives. Really fun. And I loved podcasting. Like, I really enjoyed the medium. And I thought it was yes. really fun. And so when that presented itself, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Because, because nobody, you know, I felt incredibly alone, especially as an athletic woman, like, it's very much like puberty. Girls drop out of sport in puberty because their bodies are changing and they don't, they, they, they're just not comfortable and, and they don't know what to do. Women drop out at the other end of the spectrum, spectrum. just as much because and, they're alone, their bodies are changing, and it's worse. You feel like Carrie. It's almost like Carrie. Remember that mm. Stephen King book? Like, <laughs> no one is telling you these, these changes that are going to happen, and it's not, sport's not fun anymore, and your training's not working, and mm. you feel alone, and you feel like all of a sudden, like all this weird all the stigmas and stuff that you've heard about being old and unattractive and what, like it all just rains down on you and you just check out. And it, 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 and and I cannot tell you, you know, we're going on, I just started the show in October and we're going on like 210,000 downloads already. Like when the women are coming out of the closet, they're so, so, so grateful. So that's how it got started. One of the things that you, and I, you didn't mention it, so I'm going to throw it in. You mentioned, and I don't know where, I think I actually heard it in the trailer of the first episode. Like, please, people, if you don't listen to podcasts, start with the trailer, then go wherever you want to go with the podcast. Right. But in the trailer, I think you mentioned that the puberty change happens when you have a peer group. So you get instruction on that. Like, it's like, oh, this is happening. And I mm-hmm. live with my parents. And my mom expects this. And my teachers know what this is. Whereas the menopausal change happens probably when you're either by yourself or when you're with a partner who is probably a guy. So no help there. And like this, not only is it an, a major change, but it's also one that nobody educates you on. You don't get any, there's stuff in there literally being no manual. You don't actually have a peer group to help you with it. And it's been traditionally shrouded in, in shame and stigma. I mean, that's, there's a historical precedence for that. Women were locked up because they went mad or they were witches. Or, I mean, because these hormonal changes are so severe and they can cause such mood swings. Like, it's the, the history of it is is awful and fascinating but you know you're you're a crone Mm. so nobody wants to talk about it and if my the only thing that i had heard is you know my mom like she's like when you gotta pee you gotta pee and like my your nana went crazy i'm like well that's good i I, I got i got that to look forward (laughs) to great mom (laughs) i'm i've said this many times i'm always torn about where to go next and i i'm actually super interested in how you're using not just the podcast, but like the book writing. And I'm going to say you're a prolific writer. Mm-hmm. And I know that you write in the mornings, that you have like a personal process that you use to support getting your writing done. And I'm personally, just like Craig, is super interested in like, how do you, how does one make change in one's life? How does one get their shit together and get done what one wants to get done? So I'm interested in knowing more about not that I'm understood, like there's a million things I want to know. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm following I'm interested you. in like, how do you wrap, like you only have so many hours, how do you wrap inside of like, you know, when do you get on the bike? When mm-hmm. do you run? Mm-hmm. When do you write? When do you read? When do you record podcasts? And I'm not accusing you of doing too many things. I'm just saying, for example, there's right. all these things that you, that you clearly are mixing together and it looks like you're doing it pretty well in terms of how it's serving yourself. Yes. And the reason I bring this up is because um, quite honestly, I'm not going to record the best podcast about menopause 
it's just not going to happen because you've already done 28 of them or 29 of them. So like, go listen to your podcast. <laughs> and as much as I want to talk about it, I'm interested in like, how do you personally juggle all those things? And I don't mean like, how do you manage to do that? It's unbelievable. But how do you do that so that you get to where you want to go? It, well, I will tell you that my yard in my house is not as nice as yours. I like Caveat, caveat. <laughs> my wife, I call her the crazy plant lady. I mean that in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but, but I say that, you know, I, I do get the question of how, you, how do you do it all often. And I of, always have. When I, especially once I started racing semi-professionally in like 2008, 2009. And when I started that, I made a very conscious decision that some things were going to have to get left behind or mm. not get the same priority in my life. And, you know, the house is not a pigsty, but it is not. It is lived in and lived through, not lived for. You know that, and my mm-hmm. husband's on board with that. So, you know, we're like, yeah, maybe someday. You know, we'll we'll get around to doing, but maybe we won't. You it keeps know? the rain off our heads. Yeah, and the refrigerator and we're ha- and we're and we're happy. And uh, so that that went by the wayside, and and I just really decided what I wanted to devote my life energy to, and and went about it. So I I'm very I am very self starting. So and I and I always have words going on in my head. So I often do get up. My process has been the same since I started this. I get up, I check emails, I start rolling into the day. I start. I, I read through my RSS feeds, you know, just yeah, stuff that I surface. yeah that I want to uh, think about or new studies that might be coming out that are interesting. And I I I am a lister. I write lists for the week and for each day. Mm. And I and I have a whiteboard that's sort of with big deadline targets on it. But I'm, I'm, I'm super organized that way, and I'm very good at compartmentally my day. So I'll just be like, okay, you know, I'm going to write from 8 to 12, and then I usually run out of words then anyway. And, you know, so I'm going to, like, then fill the well, I call it, or make milk or whatever you want to say, go out, get on my bike, and then more words start coming. It's like a word generator, mm. you know, and then I get back, and there's usually emails waiting for me, and I eat some lunch and have another coffee and, like, look at that, and then you know, do a different kind of writing often later in the day. It's not the same as morning writing. Sometimes it's refining or editing or doing something else. And uh, then it's family time. And then the evening, you know, sometimes it's we work late. I usually, I do a very heavy four-day work week. Friday, I'm usually sort of out of words and out of stuff. So maybe I'll... I'll just set up interviews or I'll set up stuff or do some invoicing and all that other stuff yeah, that you need ad, to do. I call that admin day. All the, yeah, all the stuff that you need to do. And, you know, sometimes I end up working on the weekends and sometimes I don't. But the thing that I like about the way that I have set up my life is that it works with the rhythms of my creative and my uh, physical energy. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit more about menopause and about the life changes that you've gone through, let's just say, recently. Mm-hmm. If you could go back, like, what's something you wish you could have told your, your five-year-ago self that you think might have prepared you or like, oh, it took me five years to get the following figured out. I could have done that in a week if somebody had told me. Yeah, I, I don't know that... Um I, I think I would have just started some of the things I started taking a little more seriously. I wish, had I known, I wish I would have known that the anxiety was hormonal. You know, I started getting like one of the things that I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night and just like very panicky. Mm. And that was, that was sort of new. And that's very common. You know, I mean, as, as those hormones fluctuate and decline, cortisol goes up and it creates this anxious state. And a lot of women get anxiety and depression, even if they've never had it before. And I, I didn't, I didn't know to attribute it to that. And that was disruptive, you know, and I, I would have, 
I would have just gotten on top of that stress because there are things you can do. I started using CBD, as cliche as that is, because um, it was a sponsor. And I'm like, oh, I'll try it. I'm writing about it. And I was like, oh. You know, that helps. Yeah, that really actually helped. I said, you know, so that kind of stuff. Had I had I known the root cause, I think when you know the root cause of things, you can explore answers as opposed to just thinking like, this is just who I am now, and I don't know. Maybe life is just getting to me. You know, you just don't mm. know exactly what that's coming from. So I think I would have definitely just told myself like, that's that's the hormones, and they're crying for help, and you need to to address that. But I I didn't know that, and it took a long it took longer than it should have. What's, um, I was going to say, what's a question you currently have? Like, what's a, something that you're like, I need to figure out, and I'm guessing it's not going to be nutrition or it's not going to be hormones per se, and it's not going to be lifting regimens or... Well, you know, it's all of those things. So like, like, you're not a static being, right? And what's interesting about, what's interesting about the menopausal transition is it, uh, it hits at midlife and it intersects with also quote unquote aging. So sometimes it can be hard to tease out like what then is what, like what then, what, what are you attributing to hormones as opposed to just sort of passage of time? Right. you know, and, and that, that because like that certainly as you get through your, into your fifties and deeper into fifties, those become questions. But you know, I mean, things that I've decided <laughs> I, I was on my mountain bike the other day, like barreling down like some big rocky shoot. And my mind went, I wonder how long I'm going to be still be able to do this. And then I, and then I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, who cares? Like, I, I literally yeah. just I decided I wasn't even going to think that way. Like, because I'll know when I know if that, you know, I mean, I know people in their 60s that are still, still doing barreling it. Down yeah. Shoots, so, yeah. you know, we'll we'll see. But, you know, I, it's more I am I am very much more trying to dig my heels in and be present and and enjoy time because I know how quickly time goes. And this isn't me going, I'm done. This is me going, oh, 9,000 questions. It's, sorry. So I often say to myself, just say the thing you're thinking, which is, yeah, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is, is a Kurt Vonnegut mm-hmm. reference. And I fancy myself a rock climber these days. Oh, nice. And... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> v negative 12 bouldering. But often I can be spotted either mid route or at the top of a route or hiking in the woods, just like with this gazing into the distance, like, if this isn't nice, I don't know what it's like. Yeah. And I, I really think that's, Craig, come to the point. I think that's something that maybe even three years ago, but certainly five years ago, I, I didn't have that perspective. I had no ability to ever go to that point of view. It was always just like, did the thing check? Did the thing right. check? Okay, now is the allocated half hour downtime check? Then we have lunch check. Then it's all just like go go go. I hundred percent. And you so when you when you mentioned, I mean, I don't barrel down rocky shoots. My my bicycle's nicknamed Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. And I kind of regret that that from my mind, I think of it as female, which it doesn't need to be female. It just needs to be freaking Satan. Because it was the first 29er I ever got, and it's carbon fiber, so it's super light. And I graduated mm-hmm. from an aluminum Trek 4700, mm-hmm. which I had ridden <laughs> until it fell apart. And I went down to the parkway, mm-hmm. and I was flying along, and I hit a rock like the size of a golf ball. I got my ass launched over the handlebars. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm always- wearing a helmet. I know how to fall. Like So it was a really minor accident in the grand scheme of things. But as I got lobbed over the handlebars, I was like, wow, this bike needs a name because I just got ejected. I don't know why I'm telling this story. But when I sw- – oh, I know why. Once I figured out how to ride the damn thing, which is different yep. <laughs> than my old 26-inch wheels. Once I figured out how to ride the thing, then I started riding more down like single track because that bike's meant to go downhill on single track. 
And I started doing that. And then I found I got in the zone more and I started to have more of those moments. So when you said you're riding down the hill, you're wondering how much longer am I going to do this? I've totally had those moments on the bike. I've had those moments (laughs) driving off the road in a car. I've had those moments like rock climbing. And I really think that's something that I wish I had gotten that message sooner. This is where it turned into Craig therapy session. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. But it's funny that you talk about that too, because one of the things I always said, like, it was a, it was amazing. Like I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I would be any kind of a, an athlete like that happened. Like that was not a goal either. I was not one of those people who's like, Oh, I want to be an athlete. Like it just, I sort of, I'm an accidental athlete, but it enabled me to race in South Africa and Israel and Cuba and Brazil mm. and British Columbia and on and on. And one of the, the, the things that I always thought as we were racing, because we were racing to win, I was racing with a woman who was a very much a professional athlete and was expected to win, is that you know, we, I could still sort of take in the beautiful places, but you're racing through them. And that was... <laughs> That was the, that was like always the hardest part. Of like, oh, that would be really great to take a picture, you know. But like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but you can't. I can't stop and take a picture of that incredible waterfall that we are racing by. And usually, thank God that there were photographers there to get those pictures. But it, that was, that is something I lamented in in my racing career is that it didn't afford me that. And now I now I have the opportunity that I'm racing less and doing more sort of adventurous riding and, and slowing down a little bit intentionally uh, that I can that I can really take in that stuff. Hmm. That's a wonderful perspective. <laughs> I think that would be a great lesson if people take that away as like go. So how do we make that homework? How do we say to somebody who is going, what the heck are you guys talking about? How do you... Do you remember the first, probably not, but do you remember the first time that that happened to you where you, you know, we have a moment of the person, the first time that you saw that perspective? Which perspective? Um, Where you go like, you know, maybe, maybe racing past, like figuratively speaking, maybe racing past this isn't what I should be doing. Maybe I should stop and smell the roses for lack of a better. Yeah. Well, I, I think I looked at it more like, you know, as, as the career was sort of coming into the place where I, I, I was. I wanted to spend that because it takes a lot of training to stay at that level, right? And it's, at some point, it's it's a losing game. Like I at some point, you're going to see her face when she said that. You were just like, it takes a lot. <laughs> like I could just see all the bike crashes and all the work. Well, it takes a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it it takes a lot of training, and you know, I mean, it's you're talking like fifteen to seventeen hours a week sometimes, mm. and it ta- it takes a lot, and. You know, I, my husband rides too, and and d- during the height of it, we weren't able to ride much together. And you know, he missed me, and he w- he said so. He's like, I'm 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 glad you're pursuing this. I'll be glad when you're back too. Yeah. You know, and so as I was sort of getting towards the end and being like, how oh, you know, I I want to take that energy and, and pour it into other things, like you know, building my business or whatever that was. I mean, it was very conscious thought. Like I just started being like, I'm gonna ride with Dave. That's my husband on Saturdays, and. I'm gonna ride with his friends, and his friends pack beer in their in their backpacks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we're gonna That's sit, a different group. We're gonna <laughs> sit down, and we're gonna have a beer, and, and at a pretty spot. And it, you know, and I I would go to some events that I would normally race through, and be like, I'm gonna ride with a different group of people today. Mm. You know, and and it's it, it's hard because you're not managing. You know, it's it's not a switch; it's a dimmer switch, not a not a light switch. Because it is, I would show up at some places, and people would be like, "Oh, you're gonna crush it today!" And so you're managing their expectations, expectations. and you're managing your own expectations, and it takes 
it takes a while to adjust everybody's expectations, you know, and, and make them understand that you're trying to enter a different place. Mm. And I, but I think everybody has that with something, whatever your identity is wrapped up in. Like, if you ever want to expand it, it can be hard. It can be expand, hard to expand, expand or change your own perception of your identity and what other people... I mean, you hear that even when people want to stop drinking, right? Mm. Not to, t- to go off that tangent, but it's the same I thing. I exactly going they, they, The people get like, well... But I'm the fun guy. Yeah, Bob shows up, and Bob's always the guy who buys the first round, and that gets us all started. But right, maybe right. Bob really doesn't want to do that anymore. Totally, totally. But that's hard for Bob. Like, right. So because he, everybody has labeled him as such, and he mm-hmm. has sort of perpetuated that own thing. And it's, just, it's the same thing in anything. But that that is definitely something that took me, you know, probably a process of over three or four years to sort of just transition through. Mm. And I still, like, sometimes I show up and I still do want to race because I can race age groups. I don't have to be, like, the open. There's different things. You can race open, which is just all the pro women. Or you can race age groups, you know, so you're just competing in, like, a, a five- to ten-year category. Hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I still want to stand on a podium or go for a podium. But I, I, that, it's not all about that anymore. Choose your own adventure. Two questions. What are your thoughts on, because I'm assuming you have these moments, what are your thoughts on moments where you suddenly realize that other people are using you as a role model Mm-hmm. or another choose your own adventure option would be you were talking about both here in this recording and elsewhere I've read and listened you're talking about things about menopause that just aren't said that are not not taboo but that nobody talks about so when it happens to you, you don't know that that's actually a thing um, so choose your own adventure you want to talk about more in the line of your own journey which I was wondering what your thoughts are on those moments when you realize somebody has put you on a pedestal or people are using you as a role model or do you want to turn right I'm cool with either and, and talk more about specifically about menopause issues that are unheard of or unspoken. well I, I can do both because one is not oh, very long um, <laughs> well no the, the role model thing is, is weird for me like I, I, I know that that is a thing I never see myself that way so you know people approach me and it's cool and I get a lot of really lovely comments and, and very very moving direct messages and I am humbled by that and I'm honored by that. I, I don't, you know, sometimes I walk around the house. I'm like, oh, man, if they only knew. <laughs> if right. they only knew. People if you could see me know. now. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some like because I've been writing that Fit Chick column for bicycling since 1998. And I still people will come up and be like, are you the Fit Chick? I'm like, some days, you know. Like, That's a great answer. May, maybe not, at the, still, maybe not yeah. at the moment. I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about that. So, yeah, it's uh I will say that the 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 week that the podcast was going to launch and I was going to talk about being menopausal so publicly and and put myself out there I was freaking out. Iraq. I was really freaking out. I was like do you want to do this? Do I want to do this? And I'm like you it would be criminal if you didn't. You have the platform, you have the opportunity, you have all these experts that you've interviewed over the years at your disposal. If not you who? If not now when? And I I just did it and again I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, and that that actually speaks, it segues very neatly into your next question, that one of the things that I didn't expect in the menopausal picture that I actually didn't attribute to menopause until I started talking about it and I heard from so many women that they feel the same is there was like, I I woke up on my 50th birthday and I did this big ride with a friend of mine uh, down in the Pine Barrens. And I actually took a selfie of myself, like, in the woods, sort of to see myself. This is going to sound very strange, but I, I felt like I had stepped into to being invisible in some weird way. Like, I'm a very public person, and I've always been putting myself out there, and I felt like all of a sudden 
I didn't want anyone to see me and I wanted to shrink away and it was a really weird, really disconcerting feeling. And I talked about it and I wrote about it and it just blew up because a lot of women, you know, and some of it is this, that societal piece that I talked about. Some of it is the hormonal shifts. Some of it is your body's changing in ways that you don't like. I wasn't prepared for that. I'm still not 100% prepared for that, but I think it's important. And I think there's a joyful letting go of self that can happen with that. But you have to go through the hard work to get there. And again, had I not given voice to that and let other people see it and hear it as this quote-unquote role model, then all these people would have been alone and maybe shut themselves out themselves. Thank you for sharing that. The, I'm, I don't, I don't want to say I don't have anything to say in response to that, but I also don't want to like pile on awesome is we can just let awesome be <laughs> thank you you're very welcome i'm so as a podcaster i'm wondering if you have the following problem that i do which is i'm running two completely different brains at the same time one of which is i get to talk to Celine, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is how long have i been recording how are they recording like right, a, right. You know, and so uh, yeah, part that's, of my brain is going really hard part of the job actually is oh like watching the levels we are like, only 28 minutes in this is awesome <laughs> we're like just getting started um so partly i think it says a lot about not me a lot about you that you were so i've talked to a few people some people you i really need to like take them on a let's have a conversation journey i love doing that it's so much fun mm-hmm. But some people, such as yourself, I'm mostly like, I'm just going to press record and just going to sit here and have fun while you do all the talking. Um, so I really think it says a lot about you that basically every question that I think I asked you, most of which are kind of shitty questions, you went somewhere with it that was not just like, here's the facts, like, you know, uh, menopause is going to cause anxiety, ladies, right. beware, <laughs> which is like super useful. Please share all the facts you yeah. want to jam in here. Yeah. But also, I can see that you're interested in sharing, you know, your personal story. I mean, obviously, you said, okay, I'll submit to talking to you. Like, you know, people do say no. Um, so, obviously, you have some level of um, amicability to talking. But I think what you're sharing, the, the, the pictures or the slices of life are not stereotypical, not what, not what is stereotypically shared by most people who are like, let's talk to a cyclist, you know? Right, and they were right. like, oh my God, this one time I was bombing down this rock run, it was so awesome. And, and you're like, yeah, I was bombing down this rock run. And I mean, I can imagine the rock run you'd be bombing down, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, holy crap. But your takeaway from that is an actual really good life lesson. And I'm just like, that, you know, thank you for sharing those things. Thank you for having the mindfulness to bring them up. You can talk right over me, otherwise I never stop talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, <laughs> what, but what, it's interesting, it's interesting hearing you say that because I think one of the things that has led to my longevity at bicycling, I mean, my God, I've been there so long, but I had a, I had a blog, you know, when blogs were a giant thing there and I, and I talked, (laughs) it was, I I would do the quote unquote race reports, but they were never that they were never like, and then I jockeyed back and forth with, you know, like that. Mm. It was like, I woke up in the morning and felt like puking because I was so nervous and, Mm. you know, just like talking about like, just, just something in your DNA makes you want to try and help other people. But I'm not even really thinking that, you know, but, but, but then, but I, but it, ended up but it ended up that way like people would come up and like you get nervous i'm like oh my god i want to die like every are you kidding ever like every morning i'm like why do i do this i'm like talk to my husband he's just like it sounds like you're ready to me yeah so it's but that's that relatability piece is so so important because you know i raced with a lot of pro people and and they all get nervous and deal with it different ways or whatever i mean i think that anytime that you can just 
you know, authenticity is such an overused word, but be authentic and just share yourself. It just it just takes the temperature down and allows other people to just do the same. And that's good for everybody. I, I'm I'm nodding emphatically. Yeah. My headphones are shaking. <laughs> my, my immediate thought was when we sat down here or on my patio, when we sat down here, you asked me if parkour was my thing yeah. before we were recording. And I, I like double clutch because I, I want to go like, no, because but it actually is. Like well, I heard it, you talk to that guy about it, he was climbing the trees and stuff, yeah. and you seemed so like a little kid into it that yeah. I thought that it, it seemed like it was. Yes, it's totally okay. in my bag. Okay. But the problem is, I I think of it. I shouldn't say the problem, but the reason I double clutch and want to like ride the brakes on the hill is. I feel like to me it's just a vehicle for, and I don't want to say like, yeah, I'm doing all the things you're doing, but like I'm thinking about it the same way you're thinking about it. So you're you're into bicycling. Your mm-hmm. bicycle was parked over there. There's an e-bike right yeah. there. That's my townie. Like, I yeah, love that thing. Yeah, I'm like, that's cool. I haven't seen that one before. Yeah. But anyway, your thing is not even maybe predominantly, but a lot of it is bicycling. Mm-hmm. But for you, it's part of your life. Like you're clearly doing other things, and bicycling is just the outward manifestation. So for me, yeah, parkour is my bag, but I I don't. Like, I don't have a parkour clothing line. I'm not, I, I'm just like, yeah, I jump on shit. I have fun. I play, right. you know, and, and parkour is a good word for that. So I tend to push back on that just because maybe it's because I don't like, I, I feel, I don't like that. I feel that I have been pigeonholed. Maybe I haven't even been pigeonholed, but I feel like my podcast got pigeonholed as a parkour podcast. I, I kind of, yeah, you're not wrong yeah. because that's what I thought that it kind of was. Yeah, about. that's I mean, okay. Yeah. It, okay. I mean, clearly the first season, like the first 12 or 13 or, you know, episodes, that was the gang that I had access to. Like right. they, in, pod, in podcasting universes, people, there's this thing called the access issue, which is who will talk to you. <laughs> right. So for me, yeah. I had access to all, basically all the parkour luminaries. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go there. But anyway, and it's interesting. Oh, it's interesting. I, I find it fascinating. My, my nephew is really into parkour, and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty. You cool. should be really into parkour. I know somebody who owns a parkour gym. I'm actually gym. really intimidated by it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing. Sorry, there was a there was a sight gag happened there that yeah, yeah. I was not laughing at Celine. I try not to railroad the guests by because I, I can talk. I talk too much in in life in general. Um, so one of the things I like to say is: Is there anything that you were thinking about on your way over here that we're like? I hope we get to talk about. Or it's something that you, now that you've listened to me talk at you for half an hour, there's something that's come to mind that you want to ask me about or that you want to talk about. Otherwise, I'll just keep. No, no, going. no. I think we're, I think we're going to cover it all. I mean, I, you know, as I said in our early email discussions, I just really wanted to make sure that that we discuss what we've already discussed is that so many women feel like they've hit this this terrible end of the line and that it's not the end of the line. And I well, just let, feel like that's really. Let's important. go further down that, okay. like, because it's. I, I definitely want to talk about that, but. And sorry, the butt is a misspeak. I definitely want to talk about that. And mm-hmm. what if somebody's listening and they're uh, li- they're thinking, "Ooh, that might be me." Like, what what's a good immediate set of next actions for somebody who maybe thinks that that's what's happening to them, or they're having anxiety? Like, like what you know, if somebody's like, "Yes, yeah, Celine, what do I do?" Right, right, right. Uh, you know, there there are there are resources. I mean, the, the nice thing about everybody starting to talk now is that that it's getting easier to find resources on like exactly what symptoms are you know like what you can go to the north american menopause society's page and there's literally 37 symptoms that you can see that you know and you can find and i think it's important 
a lot of doctors, even OBGYNs, are not versed in menopause. You know, so you the, the doctor that may have delivered your most beautiful babies does not necessarily know anything no. about menopause. And that's, in, that's important to know. It's important because, and I've had guests on the show talk just to that doctor saying that, you know, you need to find somebody, and and that North American Menopause Society actually certifies doctors, so you can say, go to a, a, you can go to a website and find. And it's just su- it's such a good resource. It's such a good idea because women are super super confused. There was a giant study about twenty one years ago called the Women's Health Initiative, and they basically scared the crap out of all women from ever using hormone therapy of any sort. You know, it will cause strokes, it will cause cancer, it will cause heart disease. And all of that has since been shelved. You know, they have, they have, the, the studies were not, not there was, they, were, they, were, they were flawed in many, many ways. But that message has stuck. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the low-fat message that will never go away. Like, sometimes yeah. things get in people. <laughs> Should it, we do diet? Yes, they'll keep oh going. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, seriously. But And so I'm, I'm, I try to get that message out a lot, too. Like, especially within 10 years of, you know, during the transition when things are so crazy, it can be enormously helpful. It can help you feel on top of things and get in control and get you through it. And then you can, you can wean off of it. And I mean, if you look, I just saw a graph that blew my mind the other day about women's hormones, you know, throughout her lifespan. And you can see sort of puberty come up and then it's pretty, you know, nice little undulating. And then it looks like, (laughs) <laughs> I can't. I, it looks like somebody, you know, like the the, the graph scribbled. is just going, yeah, up and down in a spirograph of of hormones during this like five to seven year period, and then it sort of flatlines and then it's stable again. So to get you through that, like some women get vertigo and vertigo and migraines and like really crippling things. You don't have to live with any of that. Some people get hot flashes like all day and night sweats and like. If you are super, super disrupted, you do not have to live with that. Things they, You can be helped, yeah. <laughs> and it's safe, and it's fine. So, you know, I think that going to those resources and seeking out those resources 100%, like, if you think, like, oh, I wonder, go check it out, and then, like, just find, find yourself some resources. I mean, of course, like, I tell you, like, check out Feisty Menopause, which is the parent company that does my podcast is a community of women and you can just come and like ask anything. We have an Instagram, we have a Facebook hit play, not pause has a private Facebook page. You just have to ask and we make sure you're not a troll, you know, and you can come on in, but it's such a supportive. And when we first started that, we've got like 5,000 women in there now. And I was blown away by the, I mean, I've got people who box and parkour people and rock climbers and all (laughs) like back. I was just floored by the women in that group and what they did and who they were and it's so so supportive it's such a wonderful group of women so there are there are definitely resources but yeah yeah just like dip your toes in the water and find your people find a good medical person to work with and it just set yourself up for success find a team Earlier, I was going to ask you, what was it like when you created that Facebook page? Because I suspect, or the, the private group, because I was suspecting, and you just basically said it, that you were like, I don't know, do we really need this group? Should I really make this group? Is this going to be, uh, okay, I'll do it. And then, wow, people yeah. show up. You're like, whoa, did we need that? Did we um, need that? And, and people I, are so grateful I, for it. I'm just, I wanted to make sure that we, like, I wanted to get all that stuff in here. Like, if I have to ask you for it all specifically, like, I want the Facebook page, I want the Instagram account. So I'm glad that, that we got to all that, and it's not just tacked on the end. We do put uh, episode yeah, notes. No, episode that's cool. like, and we have so a if membership, if, too, if people want to go deep, deep dive. Yeah, you if know, you're listening yeah. and you're like, wait, what? Just go to, well, I don't yeah. know what the number will be, but it'll be like moresmindset.com slash whatever number this is. And it's all there. It's all linkable. It's free. You don't have to pay for me. Oh, there's so many things to ask about. 
Are you going riding later today? I went riding this morning. It was beautiful. It's really beautiful now. It's sunny. I thought we were... I was wondering if we were going to get stormed on right now, but... Uh, Don't say that. No, no, no. Okay, it won't. It won't. No, I think it's good. <laughs> uh, I, I rode this morning. I went out for uh, about 20 miles, and it was really, really pretty because it was all... Sort of misty, but it's so, so green right now. I yes. love the green. I <laughs> We've love been joking. Green. Pennsylvania, it's green and yellow this well, time yeah, of year. The, <laughs> the, the, yes, the air is a little yellow with the pollen, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, random, random fun things. If you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, literally, like you could say, oh, the billboard would be in Bangladesh. You can specify that if you wish. But if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, a physical, real thing, mm-hmm. what would you put on it? Live forward. There's a reason I keep these questions filed away. <laughs> just like because people have really interesting answers. What is well, let's let's do fun let's do fun dissect Celine. Um, if I asked your friends, the people who know you really oh well, boy. if I asked your friends what your superpower was, what would they tell me? That's a great question. I'd I, like to know. What I they wish would I could remember me. where I stole that from. It's either from Cal Fussman. I would love. I would love to hear what they would say to, because yes. they would probably not. You know? that, that's actually the correct answer. I don't know. Ask them. No, but no, no. What, but what I, but I would, would really, really... What would they say? I think that they... <laughs> I know what my dad would say. My dad always said, you can walk over a cesspool and not see shit, Celine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to word that as a superpower. <laughs> what color would that superpower's costume be? Well, that, but, but, but I am a, I'm a bright side, rose-colored... Rose I am a optimist. Rose-colored uh, headphones, rose-colored yeah, glasses, no, rose-colored oh, bicycle. I yes. do have rose-colored yes, yeah. glasses. I just want to point out she's wearing <laughs> headphones that are rose-colored. I, I think they look very nice. They're very pretty, and the glasses are rose-colored, and your bike is rose-colored. I just got to point out that yes, rose-colored. I think seeing the seeing the good, honestly, is yeah. the positive positivity. If I hope is what they would say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I think that that is probably my superpower. Positivity under duress. Even under duress. Yeah. What? Uh, there's so many. I know we mentioned Roar that mm-hmm. you co-wrote with, and I forget Stacy's name. Dr. Stacy Sims. Dr. Sims. Mm-hmm. And can I mention the book that you were just working on? Like, weren't you just working on another book very recently? Like, didn't we do a multi-month delay for... Like, can I mention that? Is the it, follow-up what, to Roar? Yeah, what's the We title? don't have a title for it. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, <laughs> oh, but I mean... No, but, it's, good. It's, it's now... That book... I, I mean, I don't have to say COVID caused disruption in everything, publishing included, <laughs> right? Publishing included. So that book was actually supposed to come out in April. We should have had at our hands yeah. already. But Stacy is thought she she's in New Zealand now. She was planning on moving back to the States mm. this month. This month. And she mm, got... No, 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 no. She's there. And, you know, printers and publishers and photography studios and all that stuff got log jammed. So the book will now be a winter release, which is fine. But, That's totally fine. Well, but I was... Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to, like, put you on the spot. Like, where's yeah. the book? Well, but what I meant, no, a lot of people have, though, believe me. Sorry. Yeah. What I was thinking was, we've been talking um, for, in terms of, you know, the grand podcast content. We've been talking a lot about menopause. And we specifically mentioned that in the book, Roar, it only got a chapter. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that we crossed the T and said, There's, the book is coming. Like, that, that book will be out. You will be able to go get the book, which yes. is... Filling in that hole. Yeah, just wanted to make sure that we mentioned. Yeah, that. no, we are going to have a whole book, yeah. and it's uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I think it's it's a the good hardest part about writing that one. Starting the hardest part about any of them is starting them. <laughs> starting books is the hardest part of the whole thing, and finishing them. Oh my god, finishing books is terrible. 
It's a terrible process. I don't know if you've ever... It's because I, I like the big picture of things. So starting is always just like you have to know exactly what you want to say and how you want to say it. And then finishing is just all the minutia, which I really don't care about in any aspect of life, honestly. What, what's like the like? hardest part of racing for me was always the logistics, like just getting everything together. Uh, getting there. Yeah. But with with writing a book, what's it like when you have to like... To, like it's an artifact it's out there. I mean, you can do an update. If you go, we made a mistake. Like, you can fix a revision, but that's it. I mean, you can't like, there's no unpublish button. Oh, I try book. not to think about that. I just <laughs> try, you know, no, I mean, you, you have to. I mean, I've had people ask that and it's just like, it is what it is. It, and it's hard. I do get kind of more, I mean, I came up through print, right? So I'm kind of used to that process of, of magazines where everything is fact checked 10,000 times and go through, goes through copy editing and, you know, to make signs, sure right? that it, it cuts out. Though, I will tell you, one of the greatest upsets of my professional life, and this has nothing to do with anything, but I'm going to say it because you asked the question. I got the chance to interview Michael Phelps before his, what he thought was going to be his last um, Olympics. I saw that, yes. Yes, for Details Magazine, Mm -hmm. a cover story. Flown out. Got to interview him. Did the whole thing. I am anal AF when it comes to getting people's (laughs) Nay, like these, I'm so I'm like obsessive compulsive. I check things twelve times just in case they got wrong overnight. You know, like that whole thing. And with a story like that, I so yeah. This one matters. Print, print magazine, and I and I don't care. I can say this because they're not around anymore. The 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 copy editor fact checker changed his number of medals in the lead to make it wrong. <gasps> I was devastated. devastated because they, they, that guy's name it. exactly yeah, your name's on it yeah so, uh, i was guessing you called michael and said jesus i'm so sorry it's I'm not like supposed it's to. so did devastating. he even did he even actually notice i don't you know i don't i don't know i'm sure he did i'm sure he did he i mean he he had his own problems at the moment if, if you'd recall yeah, like yeah, that was yeah, when yeah. he was still yeah. before he sort of and i could you could tell like mm. you could tell he was not in a good place. And, I was uh, just wondering whether like you I'm know, sure the he did details because that were hyper fixated on but yeah, maybe maybe for him at the time that was a critical detail. But. Yeah, and it's a cover story and but you know, they, they ran it online and of course you can fix things online. online. Yeah. That's easy. But Yeah. Yeah, that, that gives you a little I've had people change things. I had the worst thing in a book was uh same thing. It, a designer went to uh input a formula and changed a plus to a minus. Oh, and yeah, like, people at home with their calculator, like made the okay, whole thing, and like somebody, somebody emailed me. I was like, "Dear Lord," hmm. and then they they put an insert into the rest of the books to come. But it's like you're saying, like print is print. It's there. <laughs> it's there. I, I think people are probably a little more. I always, every time I say people, I'm like, "Oh, look at generalization. That's going to work out well." But I think everyone understands that. Yes, it's a dead tree. You know, somebody printed a piece of the internet, so maybe I should double check. You know, like I, I think we're much more tolerant of that than maybe we were. Um, well, especially now that, that publishing, I mean, publishing is a very different animal than it was. Oh boy, <laughs> you know, and and we are we're seeing the we're seeing the ramifications of, of fact checkers and copy editors. Not I think it's being a pendulum, a, and I think it's going to start swinging back. I sure hope. I, so. I mean, we're not. I do hope. I so. hope we don't swing back to dead tree printing everything. Like we no, don't, no, no. We, I agree. But I agree. But we're going to swing back toward people. So I skipped over it before, but I'm going to go back to it now. You said three of my favorite letters in the whole universe, RSS. I was like, oh, another human being who knows what RSS is. I'm a, that's like my, my whole world comes in through RSS, and I think 
people are going to they won't they won't use that as too techy but people will find something which somehow allows them to wrestle the internet to the ground and get it to work for them mm -hmm. and the things that emerge from that wrestled beast will be curation uh, you know following somebody such as yourself or who like is constantly pointing to things that are interesting right. it'll be curation it'll be fact checking and and validity and knowing that you know, like, okay, this isn't an echo chamber. I'm getting good, good yeah, content. Yeah, I hope so. It's going to take a while, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I believe in the pendulum theory, too. The internet is still very young. I mean, like, you know... Oh, yeah, super young. I mean, the, the part of it that everybody else is thinking about. I mean, the internet itself is pretty old, but... Anyway, right. we're not... This is not a technology podcast. No, no, no. Be quiet no, no. over there. Uh... I was going to just ask you if there's a story you'd want to share, but you really have shared a couple of really good stories so far. Uh, what's the... Oh, so many things. I kind of want to just like circle back more to talk more about menopause, but I don't really have a good question to serve up. So I'm just wondering, no, let's talk about intermittent fasting. Cause I'm, <laughs> I, let's talk about Cause IF. Because okay. I'm, so, I'm looking too chill. First of all, <laughs> oh no. no, 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 that's not what I was thinking. What I was thinking was I, I often find that if I force myself to go to a topic, then it, it sucks. Like I, I don't do a good job and we don't have a good, uh, so what, when you talked about intermittent fasting very briefly, we went past it. I'm a big fan of, uh, so first of all, for people who don't know what we're talking about, we're just going to start saying IF. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. going to just happen. So intermittent fasting, IF, I like to say, you already do this. You sleep at night, therefore you are fasting. Mm -hmm. And then at some point you wake up, and at some point you break your fast, which we all in English just call breakfast. At some point you do that. So we already do some form of this. So that's the first thing I like to just bubble burst is intermittent fasting is not this. We're going to do something completely different. Right. We're going to start meddling or fiddling with how and what we choose to eat. And that, for me, that was the gateway part of it. So I've done a whole bunch of 16-8, which is mm -hmm. 16 hours of not eating and then an eight-hour eating window. This is effectively skip breakfast, have lunch at lunchtime and have dinner. That's what I do almost every single day. Um, that's called 16-8. Another very common one advocated, I think, most loudly by Brad Pilon or pylon uh, is E-S-E, -E, eat, stop, eat, where you basically feed normally and then you skip an entire day. You wind up with mm -hmm. about a 40-hour fast mm -hmm. from your dinner to the next skipped one, breakfast, the following day kind of thing. Um, so those are the two common ones. If you type intermittent fasting in the internet, you will find 16 slash 8 uh, is a common one. Eat, stop, eat is another common one. Um, and then the only other thing that I'll throw out there sort of as like some framework so we don't have to unpack all this again is... There's research that's been done on, uh, words fail me, but there are religious fasting mm -hmm. dictates. Like and, Ramadan? Yes, mm -hmm. this is the one I could think of. Yeah. And they have done blood test studies and verified that the benefits, like in your H, H, A, 1, C, H, 1, A, C, what's the blood marker? Yeah, I, I, I know. It's acronym mean. fail. Mm -hmm. There's a blood marker which will tell you your average, like it gives you a measure of how much sugar has been in your bloodstream over time because it the sugar in your blood tends to mess up your hemoglobin. So they can measure that. It's not the greatest marker, but it's a marker. So they have done blood test studies on people and verified that uh, they do Ramadan for a month. Mm -hmm. They're basically doing restricted feeding for a whole month, and there are all these strict rules. The health benefits are measurable, objective, and last all year. So, Are they done on women? That's what I was going to ask. What I want to know what your thoughts are about intermittent fasting, because everything that I've read has always been either on IF, on high-level male athletes, or all the people that I've read, like, you know, I read about 
intermittent fasting is from a guy. Like, yep. So m- what I want to say is, okay, I think I've painted a reasonable picture of just the IF spectrum of you just go like look on the internet. Now yep. I want to know like, okay, now let's talk about it in it's the context for of women. <laughs> context of women in the context of uh, menopause. Yeah, worse for menopause. I, I'm sorry, like it's possibly even counterindicated. counter-indicated yes, yeah. I like, mean, Stacy so, would say, so "Tell me she, more about IF." From she has just actually done many speeches. Like, if there was one thing she would get out, it would be IF mm. for in the the women's space. And the a lot of the original studies on on intermittent fasting and and such were done originally on men who were trying to lose weight quickly for bariatric surgery. You know, they, they had diabetes and they had other metabolic conditions and they really needed to get them into control. And it was effective in helping the, those men lose weight and getting their blood sugar under control. Interestingly, some of the other human studies with women, pre-diabetic women would actually go into diabetes in some cases when they did that. And it all comes down to kispeptin, which is a, a, like a hormone that works with, sort of regulates your your insulin sensitivity as well as some other things. I don't want to get too far out of my lane, but women are not small men. It comes down to that. Like men get a parasympathetic drive. So they feel more energy. They feel more relaxed, all this stuff. It it, it actually, all the things you're saying are true for men, for men, but with women, it drives up their, their sympathetic drive. So it makes them more anxious. I actually once talked to a um, neurologist who was like, all these young runner women that were putting in antidepressants, if we could just get them off keto and get them to eat, we wouldn't be doing it. You went right wrong because keto is like the kissing cousin to yes. IF. Same People thing. It's for- driving the same processes. And, it, and, you know, maybe women might have a little, you know, whenever you mess up your diet or not mess up is the wrong word, but whenever you tinker your diet, often weight loss might happen just as a, as a byproduct of just changing things but like long term it 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 almost always backfires with women they they end up anxious they end up with more body fat they end up with higher blood sugar like the whole thing and especially one of the one of the symptoms of of the estrogen decline as i said before is the cortisol going up anything you do to put your body under more stress is counterindicated it's a Mm. bad idea it's just it's not it just does not work the same for women as it does for men and that there's a lot of anecdotal uh, evidence out there but there's also scientific evidence out I, there. One of the uh, and in Ramadan I'd be surprised if there were women who had had even been acknowledged that they exist. Yeah, it's hard to Sorry. it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, um, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but what? I'll get off my soap. I'm just push my soapbox away. Your most recent podcast guest was a, a RDN registered. Who is your most Dina Griffin? Thank you. Okay, and I was listening to that, and she had a very delightful approach to how she works with her clients. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to vastly oversimplify and basically get it wrong, which is, how do you feel? No, like, you're not vastly because like, every time I dug deeper, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you're not vastly oversimplifying, and, but and she's I think right. That's, that's a good lesson. So, like, if you're going, I have what, but the, like, how, so how do you teach that lesson though? To but someone? it's it's it can be. I mean, I am educated. I write about this stuff. I talk about this stuff, and I still fall prey to it. It's very hard. Hmm. You know, I mean, I fell prey to the to the low carb thing for for quite a while, and yeah, I was. Not, I mean, I I was riding worse and all this kind of stuff. And had I 
it, it took me going like, okay, well, like, why don't you try to eat around your rides? And I'm like, wow, I feel so much better in a fed state. Imagine that, you know, mm. but that's, but, but you can, it's very easy to disconnect from yourself and to lose, to lose sight of like this. Sh- you should feel good when you eat and train and recover. And like when everything, when all the cinders, cylinders are firing in the right way, you should feel good. Mm. You know, and uh, but if you never stop to think about that, and it's amazing how many people don't actually stop to think about that, uh, you can go down some you can go down some paths that that leave you in bad places. You know, women low energy availability is one of the biggest problems among women athletes of all ages, honestly. And and the problem with uh, women in the menopausal transition is that they may not have periods to to tell them that they're that they're in that place. You know, a young woman, she loses her periods. That's not good. That's not that's healthy. Supposed to happen, right? That's supposed that's, that, that's bad. You know, but if you don't have your periods because you're, you're now post-menopause or just in that place where, you know, periods come and go, you don't have that red flag and, and you can be doing really, really serious damage to yourself so. and talk of bone density and, and all kinds of things that uh, can be almost irreparable. It's, it's really important to... When you you're you're meant to be in a fed state when you're exercising. Yeah, I think for my personal experience, a guy, when I started doing IF, it wound up being more like, oh, I'm not actually going to starve to death. And like yeah, for yeah. me, it was more like I realized when I was actually hungry versus when I was eating um, for society pressure. So I, I think, I think a, that was the benefit to, for me. Was yeah, there's not something so much to the, that. There's something to that for sure. And and I'm not pushing IF on women. No, I'm just no, saying no, no, that no, no. I think is what actually really helped me I, was that detangling of the eating. I think there are ways to do that. I had on Evelyn Triboli who was uh, intuitive eating. I think there are ways to do that too that mm. – that, that but, but take maybe some more work where you list where you actually do listen to yourself like am i hungry why am i eating you know like it, it's a little bit more of a process of being like because we t- we can certainly just get into this mindless eating thing yes. right, which is not good either i mean of <laughs> that's course never that, good right? yeah of course that's not good but uh, you know I, and for a lot of my audience who isn't who are endurance athletes you naturally become a better fat burner by nature you know your aerobic system grows you, you, you right. get all this stuff and i think i think that uh i think the big problem came during that low fat debacle i think that was hugely hugely disastrous for our public health i was i think that's one of the worst public health things that has happened in my lifetime honestly because everybody got fat phobic and just sugared up and carbs and it's it's been really bad for us I would wholeheartedly agree. And the one, our parents' generation was processed flour was the one, the one before that was, that also caused a big problem. Yeah. Where do you want to go next? I don't know. We can talk about anything. We can talk about riding bikes. Oh, that could, uh, that could get out of hand. (laughs) (laughs) You you must know Tamias from Genesis Bicycles. Oh yeah. Selling his chefs. Yeah. Well, in more recent years retired, but I distinctly remember the day, well, it was like the day before I bought, my that's my third mountain bike only my third mountain bike ever and i think i had one two i had two road bikes but the second one i crashed it and i bought another one just like it so i'm like i'm counting as the same bike i never bought a lot of bikes and i never had more than one at a time and i remember the day i was standing in tomias's bike shop with my older aluminum trek mm-hmm. and i'm drooling over a carbon fiber cannondale but I'm going like, but I already have a mountain bike. And he, he looks at me, he goes, do you know most people who bicycle as much as you, they have lots of bikes. In fact, they have to hide their... But I was like, I had this moment of like, 
I hadn't, uh, I'm actually going somewhere with this. I hadn't realized how myopic I had become about like, you know, all right, I'm a, I'm like a hardcore bicyclist, but I am a mountain biker. Right. This is part of who I am. And this is my mountain bike. And this is the seat that I had at Celitalia, <laughs> like, a, what, like a $400 seat or whatever, on a $400 bicycle. You know, but like I had all these things, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it never occurred to me to just sort of step back and go, all right, well, if I erase the whiteboard, you, what, what would I want to ride? Right. Or, or like if, if we go back to if I, if I erase eating by doing a prolonged fast, what, what am I actually hungry for? Mm-hmm. Or, or what, you know, I ate that, uh, I feel like, oh, why do I feel like I need to take a nap? Or I ate this, I feel great. So I, I think it's challenging. I mean, duh, Craig, it's challenging to figure out, you know, how to like look over your shoulder and spot the blind spot or the thing that you've not realized you've bought into or that maybe you were taught outright. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's we're in a really interesting time. I don't have one on now because I'm actually um, I was testing a thing called Super Sapiens, which is a continuous glucose monitor, which mm. was really interesting and I've they heard are about peter atia talk about the aura ring and you know, <laughs> i was wondering if that was a wedding band or an aura ring. she just both flashed have, her yeah. ring at me and this is a finger i set myself but we can talk about that <laughs> i have 90 stitches from a bicycle accident oh look I at that we're now we're showing off scars folks <laughs> yeah it's uh i love this thing actually i just got the aura ring is what i'm pointing at folks um when i got my first shot I could actually watch like my first vaccination. It oh. was I could watch like, you know, my readiness score was like something kept your heart rate higher than usual last night. And yeah. then the next day, literally said, "Feeling okay?" You know, <laughs> your body, check fluids, right? Your body, yeah, your, literally your body temp. And then the next day, boom, right back up. You yeah. know, I could watch the process. It was you can really see. And the same thing with the glucose thing. What I think what knocked. What, what really blew me away about the glucose monitor is that there are certain things that I would have assumed would have caused a spike. You know, I had like, we ordered, like, Friday night is just order out nights. We order Chinese and, and whatever, and I'm like, this is going to be. And it wasn't. And I was like, that's surprising. And then, you know, I had like, I came back from a ride. I was, I was very hungry because I sort of overshot the ride and undershot the fueling. And I just had like this little roasted potato and it looked like I went up Everest and went, <laughs> like the shot. Like it just, yeah, it was a, like a rocket shot right into space. <laughs> and down. Um, like, That's why they're is, so yummy. I'm like, this is fascinating. Yeah. So it's really kind of, and then like I got a, I got, I, I got a sort of a cantankerous call from, from, Somebody, you know, it was like sort of like this Twitter fight that was going on that I actually stepped into and I shouldn't have stepped into. But you should like my blood sugar went boom mm. up like with that. It's really interesting to watch what affects it because your your body shoots that in. So it's like fight or flight and you can watch it happen in real time. It's very interesting. But where I'm going with the, all of this is I think that, you know, now it's still on the fringes. But as the stuff moves its way into mainstream, people are going to have a lot of power overseeing like what stuff does to them. Yes. My, this someone that I know, just who, who's uh, old, <laughs> you know, upper seventies, uh, signed up for an Apple Watch. They do these apparently. If you're of the right age and the right group, you can sign up for the thing. They'll give you the Apple Watch at like half the price, and then right. it's like gamified but, to pay you. And basically, they're collecting data. Oh, totally know, yeah. on the gerbils. It's, um, it like you know said, hey, you haven't got up in an hour. This person works at their computer last still, you know, and it, like it reminds them to get up and yeah. like, okay, that. that 
to me, this is a little, it's a little cutesy yet about what we're doing with it, but I But had, it works. But it works. I My daughter, a, she's 19 and she, like, that keeps her, I had a she Fitbit. has to close those rings, man. I had a Fitbit, which doesn't have those, but like my Fitbit used to have like step counting yeah. or I'd be out like, I, 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 for a while I tried to run. I, I would be out running, I'm air quoting, running, Craig running, look out and I'd be like, okay, I'm trying to hit a certain heart rate, so I need to run a little bit faster. And like that kind of stuff, you had to be, you had to be, I'm going to say a serious athlete, maybe not pro, but you had to be a serious athlete for you to really start going like, oh, I need to pedal a little bit harder to get my heart rate a little bit higher to meet my training regimen. That was like serious stuff. People would be like copying out, you know, things out of books from writing their own hand paper charts. And now to be able to be like, buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, right. I need to move more. You know, like that's, that's a big deal. I keep trying to talk my mom into getting a step. No, it makes, it, makes a big difference. Um, it really does. Yeah, I hope that we don't go the whole range of like, okay, put the, the chip in my arm so we can track everywhere I go. I don't, I don't want to go to that, you know, police state kind of thing. But I think giving people, I was going to say, giving people tools is always a good thing. Not necessarily, but giving people tools to let them see what's really going on. I think that really helps a lot. Um, but there's also something to be said for I also recognize the word look up fail. I recognize the uniqueness of my position. Like this, I'm in a special case. Boy, I wish I could think of there's a word for this. Uh, the privilege. Thank you. I recognize the privilege. Like yes, I worked really hard for 30 years, but a lot of people didn't even have that opportunity. Right. And like yes, we're sitting you know on my patio, and a lot of people don't have the opportunity to live in suburbia. Right you know 200 yards from mountain biking and bouldering you know it's Mm -hmm. like so that you know like yes i chose to move here and you chose to move where you live but you know not everybody can move the chess pieces the same on the board if you're in the corner you're kind of stuck yeah um so i I recognize that and i'm I'm often thinking about that in the podcast it's like okay this is i'm loving this this is awesome and i've got ideas and you've got ideas and i'm like okay that's why i asked before about like if ladies, if you're thinking about this, where should you go? And it's like, go to this Facebook group. Right. Because that's something that pretty much everybody, if, if you can hear me, you're on the internet, you can go to that Facebook group. Right. So I think I try to find ways to connect back to, you know, if you only hear 30 seconds of this ramble fest, you know, what can you take away? So uh, in that vein, are there any other things of like, so I know the two books we've talked about. Um, and I, I really honestly like go listen to all the Celine's hit play, not pause. It's a great collection of people talking about and whether or not you're female, like diet and motivation and all this stuff. It's like, there's plenty of awesome material there. I think it's a great project. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do have a lot of male listeners I've discovered, which is, which is kind of cool, you know, and, and, and some things are transcendent, you know, I had Kelly Starrett on, you know, he's the, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, he's interesting <laughs> to listen to. So, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. And it's also, you know, some some of the, the men who who listen tell me that they listen so they understand their wives better, which I think is really sweet. You know, I, I, I it's very more magnanimous than I might ever be. But I'm glad that they're, <laughs> I'm glad that they're there. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. What's the. Oh, okay. You want to do you want to do good questions? I still I, all my good questions come from other people. What's a really important truth that most people would disagree with you about? It's a brilliant question. I know, and I I should write down where I got it. A really important truth that most people disagree would would disagree with you on. I don't know if I have an answer for that. I don't know if I have an answer. I was going to say, what, what would you answer that? 
Okay, this is a little trite. Okay, but might, might spark I, something to me. I oh no, this is not. That's not that cool. Uh, <laughs> mine has to do with podcasting, and no, it's not about. I think that it is not important that we produce our podcast content on a regular schedule, mm. and that's like one of the commandments that everybody seems mm-hmm. to agree with is mm-hmm. thou shalt. There's a couple things like, you know, commandment zero is thou shalt wear headphones and then number blah, blah, blah. And one of them is you have to produce content on some sort of schedule, probably weekly, but we'll tolerate every other week. You know, that's kind of like the ground rules for playing. And I disagree with that. And that's why I say this is trite. Like, yes, podcasting, Craig, you're off in your own little corner of the universe. The reason I disagree with that is because we do not need, no insult intended, we do not need any more episodes. There are millions of shows and then tens of millions of episodes. So I think the ones that you create are pretty damn good because you're doing something that the world needs. And I try to do that when I talk to people. I don't just grab random people and make another episode. And I think being a slave, I know for me, for a fact, being slave to a publication schedule means I have to lower my standard of what I'm doing. It's just like nuts and bolts for me. So I went, ah, I want to do a certain kind of thing. I want to talk to certain types of people and I want to do it a certain way. And nowhere in there does that mean I have to do it every week. So that, but I don't think that's a very globally important truth. But that's the most, that's the biggest truth that I think I disagree with most people with. But I like to ask the question because I don't really have a good answer to it myself. And most people have the same reaction you do, which is, that's a hard question. Well, it is a hard question. I mean, I, and it, I, I mean, the only thing that I can think that I've been thinking of lately, and, and I don't know that most people would disagree, is that I think that we, that we need to truly defend people's right to, to speech. I think freedom of speech right now is, is under all kinds of examination and assault. And I think that we forget that the ACLU defended like really vile people's right to mm-hmm. speech. But it's important to hear people speak and to, uh, to like, whether or not you agree with them and whether, I, whether, I whatever terrible things they're saying. Right. Yes. Like, because powers change. And if we take away power, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, you, that, whatever yeah. you decide can be, will be used against you at some point. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's just, and I think it's important to, to listen. And, you know, I mean, I personally try to understand like the most vile of the vile, I, I don't. I just maybe think you're broken or well, something. Well, I only have wrong. so many hours. Right? Yeah, but um, <laughs> but I but I think but I do. I think that it's it's you know we're in this time that I don't think you need to give people a platform necessarily. We can talk about that all day. Exactly. But 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 the the fact that that they have that the right to say whatever they want to say is 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 an inalienable right as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I think I certainly agree with you. Everything you've said. I think most people that I would associate with would also agree with you. I think where people tend to disagree is what does that actually look like in practice? And that's where we get into the nuts well, and bolts of life. And it's hard because the, I mean, the, the weeds are Twitter, you know, yeah. the weeds are like these other, these, these yeah, places. It's difficult. That, yeah. It's just difficult. But I think, I think it's rem- knowing and remembering history and not, it's not even distant history. It's recent history. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, very, right. it's, it's very important. Yes. It's very important. Yeah. Anything else spring to mind that you want to jump on? We are at an hour and 10 minutes. Um, how many bikes do you own? If that's not too personal. Of a oh, question. no, 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 no. I, I just have to. I try. I do try to only have bikes that I ride because. All right, that's a good place to start. right? Yeah. Well, no, it's well, it's true. Like I don't. No I, collecting bicycles. Right. And, and I think bicycles deserve to be ridden. Right. And so if I have a bike that I'm not riding, then I need to find it a home. 
because that's I, I just feel that way. Mm. Even if even if I like it and it makes me like I like watching it sit there, you know, like it's <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It needs to find a home. So I have currently I have a uh, one road bike, one old road bike that I use inside if the weather is crappy. I have a geared mountain bike. I have a single speed mountain bike. I have a fat bike. I have that e-bike townie. Am I miss? Oh, I have a uh, cyclocross bike, and I have a like a gravel bike because I do a lot of those long gravel events. Do so. they have names? I mean, I know the oh. manufacturer gave them names, but like, do you have names for them? Yeah, I know, but they're not exciting. It's okay. like Jane and Blossom. And but but, when you, but they do have like they <laughs> have a personality. Sexy love bike. Yeah, yes. they have personality. Yes, um, Betty. And, and where I'm going with all this is, which one is your favorite? It would have to be that gravel bike, just mm. because it's my go-to right now it's just such a it brings me a lot of joy and i can get on it and ride it's almost limitless i mean i can't, couldn't ride south mountain which is a really technical technical trails those are mountain bike trails right? i feel better because i can't ride any of the shit but, over there. but i can <laughs> i can ride a lot of the parkway on mm. it you know i have to pick my way carefully yeah. through some of some the, thought the, required yeah 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 <laughs> i'm wondering uh, it depends who's listening if your fans are listening they don't even know anything more about bicycles my fans <laughs> bicycles what's that um what are your thoughts? Uh, so, like cab length and size and women specific design and all, and all this stuff. Um, I think a lot of people don't like to ride bicycles because they've never been on the right bicycle. And that's my. I didn't. I don't know that I ever found that myself. But just being in a really cool bike shop and watching the people who really love bicycles and who love to create cyclists, watching them, you know, like they match make. You know, yeah. Like, Hmm. hold on one second, I'll be right back. And they come out with a bike, and they're like, now this bike isn't exactly what you were asking for, but take it for a spin. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about cultivating love of cycling, because cycling is really unique. It's like, swimming can be challenging. If you don't have a pool, or you don't have a community center, swimming is hard to get to. And and like running, yes, we're all humans, we can all run, but that can be physically pretty damn demanding. 100%. But I think bicycling, like, here, mom, have a trike. Here's a yeah. bike that's actually got three wheels. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. Um, do you find yourself called to, sh- to sp- share, spread the love of bicycling, or is it just... Because, I mean, by the way, it's clear that you love bicycling. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's clear that you love it. And anybody who sees anything that you do related to bicycling can't help but, like, want to fall in love with bicycling. Right. Do you do that? On, do you share that love on purpose? Or what are your thoughts on... No, I mean, I, I, I share it as part of my... Uh, just sharing my authentic self, honestly, because I, I do really love bicycling. I feel like it, it's it's just part of my DNA. And it always has been, quite honestly, even though I didn't really think of it until I was much, much older. I mean, I always really loved to ride my bike. But I but I think that in many ways, uh, I have a couple thoughts. I mean, one, I think a lot of people inherently love the idea of bicycling and love the wind in your hair and sort of that, that motion. There's something about meditative about the motion. There's something freeing. It feels like you're flying. All those great things, uh, which is partially explains why there are no bikes available right now because during the pandemic everybody bought them (laughs) right i mean it's amazing it's amazing and i and i want our goal actually in the bicycling circles is to try to maintain retain 10 percent of those people like we know we're not going to retain all of them like some of them are just going to go back to whatever but if we can retain 10 that's a big deal and, and try to because it's interesting what you were saying before about 
you know, we, we have the ability to, I can leave my garage and I can ride over here. And then after we're done, if I had time, I could ride over to South Mountain and go on a mountain bike or I wrote, can ride wherever. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people for whom the infrastructure in which they live is very prohibitive to any kind of riding. And, and the society and is we very need, We Get need to road. really <laughs> change that. Uh, cars are not the answer. I think, I think more and more people are opening up to that. I think people who are walking around New York City going, wow, <laughs> downtown without traffic is amazing, amazing right? Place. Yes. Yeah, and, and places are doing it. It's happening, and it will, it will, will happen. I'm 100% convinced of it. It's, there's, there's enough momentum, and e-bikes are going to change things. Have you ever yes. ridden one? No, I'm kind, oh, kind of one of those things that's like God. I should avoid that. It or is I'm a... Be- <laughs> I, nobody, nobody rides an e-bike without smiling ear to ear. It's so, so well, fun. It's, it's magic. I mean, it's magic. It's magic. It's magic. <laughs> I did I'll tell you, like I did this ride uh, with Specialized, which is a bike company. And we went from Salt Lake City to Vegas, which is a very long journey. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like eleven hundred miles yes, or something. Yes, yes. I, I I ride very long distances, but we so, so we we it's downhill the whole way. Though, right? <laughs> yeah, no wind at all. <laughs> We, we, we had a really long day. I can't even remember what day it was. And we pulled into, it was maybe the second last day of the tour. And I, I was actually with Rebecca Rush, who is multi-world champion. She was someone I was racing with at the time for, at some of these mountain bike races. And she's like, she had to present for something and she needed a hair straightener. And I was like, what? You know, we literally just got done with like 100 miles, maybe 110. I can't even remember. <laughs> and I was like, you need a what? She's like, it's only five miles away. I'm like, I am not riding five miles with you to get a hair straightener for whatever. She's like, we'll take the e-bikes. And I had not been on one yet. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. But so we, we got these turbos and we got on. And like you put your you, you just start pedaling and it goes. Boom. And I was like, oh, my God, let's go anywhere. Let's yes. go anywhere. This is the most fun. Like it was. It, it, they are so so fun and people are like oh it's cheating it's whatever you know it's like no. the exercise level and i've actually done this test with a heart rate monitor to check like i'd i'd ride somewhere on my regular bike and then i'd ride on this bike and be see like and yes you're using you're definitely lower heart rate or whatever but it's it's the equivalent of brisk walking so it is mm-hmm. not nothing it's exercise yeah. a hell of a lot better than sitting in your bucket seat in your car yes um, uh, not just for you personally, but also for everybody else. And the but I, but if I if I was a millionaire, like if, if if tomorrow I was Bill Gates, I would buy like a large city. I would buy a town and give everybody e bikes and take away their cars right. for a period of time and be like, try this, try this. I really, yeah, and I yeah, I mean, cities like Copenhagen spring to mind where yeah. you know I went there and rented a bike and. I I, I've, I haven't ridden nearly as much as you, but if you grab a random person. I've ridden a lot, right? So I'm like, okay, city riding, and I got to remember it. And I was just like, oh no, this is easy. Like, so easy. Like, it's, I just yeah, same thing. There's a lot of traffic signals. You're like, yeah. what? I mean, bicycles are a first class citizen, and nobody laughed at me because I was on the orange donkey bike. You know, yeah. it was just like they were everywhere. You know, it's, it was such an experience. Now, now, mind you, it's a relatively small city, but it does demonstrate there are pockets. It's happening. That you can do it. It demonstrates that it, it will work yeah. at scale. Like to me, that's still at scale. That's not like I don't know why we tolerate sitting in traffic for hours on end. I, I really don't. I don't tolerate it. I, I don't I, either. But are, like people do, and I yeah. man, I'm like that's, that's most of your life. I mean, we all just got a big lesson about is it really important that you go to the thing no that kidding. you were going to go to, and not that I'm going to say any good ever came from it, but 
people are going to be very intentional. And the whole thing I said about like, if this is a nice, I don't know what is. How about the next time you go to the thing that you didn't get to go to because it didn't happen last year? So I, I think it's a moment. Take okay. advantage of that reset yeah. for sure. Think yeah. about things. And people have. There's no question they yeah. have. I was going to ask another question about bikes. So that's on, So that's your favorite. It's, well, that, that is my, I, I look for excuses to run errands on that because it, it's, <laughs> it, it's just so much fun to ride. I, 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 would, yeah. I can understand that. I had another question, but it escaped me. Sometimes I think I should write stuff down, but I also don't, I, I much more enjoy the interaction than I do taking notes. I'm not editing, so it's Pardon fine. me? I'm not editing this. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> what? Let's see. So we did favorite bike. We did. Where are we? Do you want to know what it's like to ride 200 miles across Kansas? If, if, you're, if you'd like to share, are you sure? I mean, <laughs> I would like to know everything about it. Is that people ask you that a lot? No, I mean, people ask. Like, it is funny when you do distance stuff. Like, you always get the, oh, I don't even like to drive that far in my car. You uh, know, like when you The do, furthest you know, I've ever gone is, so uh, I'm from around here. Uh, we used to like ride our bicycles to the velodrome back oh, when it was yeah. called the velodrome. And then some of my friends used to race there. Not me. I've, won, I've been I've been in the velodrome with my bike and been like, this is not I, my, I've done some, not my jam. Some races, no, but that's I'm not really good at beating on the boards. Yeah. I mean, like I've been called out by the announcer, like who's the dude in the no, second quarter? Like I'm, I'm really it's good important at that. role. That's that's important. But where I was going with this was, I used to ride the MS 150s. Oh yeah, and do the ones in like. Oh, like, I love so pretty. Those are so pretty. Well, a lot of work, but yeah. But what I was gonna say is the. One of my favorite bicycling stories was we were, I don't know where, probably 30 miles west from the velodrome. And they had, I'm pretty sure it was Marty Nothstein, And it was sponsored by Domino's Pizza. And they gave Marty the Domino's Noid. You know, the thing with the mm-hmm, big red head? Mm-hmm. They gave him the Domino's Pizza Noid outfit with the giant dead mouse size helmet with the <laughs> flappy ears, right? Yes. So me and I think it was three of my friends were riding, you know, 12-speed regular bicycles and but we were in reasonable shape for you know 18 19 year old kids but i mean it's marty right so the thing was if you could get to lunch before marty you won i don't know what it was but it was like a bike or something it was a big deal for us anyway and they told us like the the way these things work is it's not meant to be a race but it's mileage you basically get people to sponsor you and then they donate money for multiple sclerosis um but you can make a race out of it if you want to we certainly did and you all you couldn't leave before whatever seven a.m. And Marty wasn't leaving until like eight thirty. Like it was like we're gonna sit on Marty until eight thirty. Right. So we left the velodrome. So he's trying to catch you, kind of like a hound in here. He wasn't really trying. No. Okay. We we left the velodrome on our bikes, and we were serious. I mean, like it was four of us, and I mean, I never was really any good at road racing, but I. I have some road racing stories we were drafting we were like signal we weren't kidding around we were like as fast as we could go switch and we went and when he caught us like (laughs) like at nine o'clock or whatever i couldn't believe it it was like i was in the back i looked back and i'm like i think i see because at first you see the red dot and we were somewhere out toward lancaster where you could see miles yeah i looked back and i saw the red dot and i'm like guys i see a red dot so we're like okay now we need to stop screwing around because he actually like if we can see him and he wasn't there before then we weren't kidding around he motored by us this is a four person if you know about bicycling four person draft line which is about as glorious as it gets we were all in and he went by with the helmet on just motored past us yeah and he's by himself like he's not riding a draft line and he's got the the dumb (laughs) ears are flapping my brain's going that's a drag Marty he just motored by and I think when he went by, he said something, and we yelled like, 
I don't think there's anybody in front of us. Like as he went by, we like little exchange of like, I think you have now caught the people who right. are at the front. You can just like ease up and coast. I, I so when I see people who are really good at well at anything, but when I see people who are really good at bicycling and I see how much love they've put into it, it. I just like, you know, hats off, sir, except I was exhausted and <laughs> grumpy because he passed us, you know. But it was just amazing to see that level of athleticism, dedication, how do you, in, in a sweaty, like, just how much air can possibly be inside the Nordhau? I don't know. None. I couldn't believe it. It was just yeah. so over the top. So that was, that's my, I think that's the most amazing story that isn't a Craig's amazing story. Like, that's just like, I had this experience and it just, I'm assuming it was Marty. If, if I have the name wrong, I'd be a bummer. But I'm, I'm pretty, sure that, was, that, that, that would have been That Marty. reads like a Marty story, yeah, right? That <laughs> it's it's been basically Marty. like a giant night head yeah. and two giant legs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would have been Marty. <laughs> so I don't know if, um, I assume you've been to the velodrome. I mean, I know it's still there, but like, did, were you, I don't know if you're from around here, but like, I'm not from around here, but I have, I have many friends who have raced it. Do you, like have, any the great, Olympic do you have any great stories, any great bicycling stories like that? I mean, not that you have to top me, but like what, did any stories flash into your head when I told that one? I, uh, I, I've never, well, no, I have raced in costume, but I've never raced with a thing on my head like that. As Carmen Miranda, I've raced as Carmen Miranda. So I had a fruit thing on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I, I do these races that are called single speed cyclocross world championships, and they're not really world championships. They're, they're <laughs> with, with a wink and a nudge world championships, but they are, you know, you dress in costume and it is really impressive to see people racing in 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 things that you wouldn't think that you would even be able to ride a ride a bike in, you know, and like their bananas and Tyrannosaurus rexes, and um, it's very fun. Hmm. Yeah, very fun. I'm not at a loss for ideas. I'm just like I'm watching the time and wondering where to go with my remaining minutes. So, you've done a ton of writing with a T or with a D. Riding or writing? Oh, I, would, I often have a hard time telling the difference when people. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I always say yes. Writing with a T. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, you've done a, I would use a larger adjective for the <laughs> amount of riding with a D. I was going to say you've done a lot of writing with a T, and I'm going to say print, like basically before the internet was really a thing. Print work, internet writing, you know, all these all these things. Do you feel like writing is a I mean, obviously it's a passion because there's no way you could do that much of it if, it was, if you weren't passionate about it. But do you feel like that's your... That's I your, don't know what I'd do if I didn't write. If I'd be useless. Because that's where I was going. It's like, <laughs> I'd be like, there, I don't know what I'd... I'd I, would. I feel like I stopped writing and therefore for me, writing with a D wasn't my thing. I mean, I, I enjoy it. But right. but so I was going to say, like, well, if you tried to stop writing with a T, not... I really have no idea what I would do. I say that all the time. Hmm. Like, I, I am constantly writing in my head. So I, well, I, I have I have absolutely no idea. So you've done magazine feature length magazine. You've done online. You've done blogging. You've done books. What's what's the next thing? Like what what more can you possibly? I don't mean, I'm like, still doing the same thing, right? Like I'm still. Yeah, I don't mean like you suck. Yeah. Stop. I just no, mean, no, no, I appreciate <laughs> I mean, like, that. Thank what's you. What's next? Like how? What's the bigger? Like do you? Do you teach people how to write? Do you? No, no, that was a that was a negative face. That was, <laughs> that was a that was a wrong drink face. Yes. Um. What? But what? Like just more of the same. More of the same. Like what? What's What's cool about what I do is that I can evolve with it. You know, like I didn't know I'd be writing about menopause. I didn't know I'd be writing about bikes. Hmm. You know, like that's actually the the best part of my this this existence that I've carved out is that. There is no, I'm never one of those like, oh my God, it's Sunday, it's Monday tomorrow. Like, I, that's just not, I, I've never felt that way. Mm. 
because I just really, I do what I do. Like, and I, I like to ride bikes and sometimes race bikes and I, I write and I like to express myself and I like to tell stories and, and, and I like to take complicated scientific things and make them digestible. Mm. I, I've, I've always really enjoyed doing that. So it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, that's not to say every day's a, a, a you know, a circus and a picnic. It, it's not like sometimes the process is hard, but I really love what I do. And that's all it honestly is all I know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what else I would do. I, I've thought about that many times. Like, what else would I do? I, when I went to school, I thought I might go pre-med. And I was just like, ooh, that's a lot of school. <laughs> like, I, like, I like that. That's literally what I thought. I'm like, that's a lot of school. I'll be. And, you know, when you're a kid, it feels like you're going to be 100 by the time you get out. It feels 30, like I don't, my I'll whole life. Right. Like exactly. My 30. whole life will be over. That's a long time. So I ended up, you know, just going into communications. And I, I ended up doing medical writing because I, I was pretty good at actually understanding those concepts and and then i was like oh i was writing for magazines like infectious diseases and children you know like stuff was yeah exactly i'm doing good work but wow Wow, this is a big audience yeah this is when it's also just you know it's just rough (laughs) um so i wanted to get into uh i i wrote i used to one of my first i was a managing editor of contact lens spectrum and you can't believe how many women burn their eyeballs with curling irons like the oh, number of shots. The eyeball is a very resilient organ, is what I learned. People like darts, curling irons, all the eyeball pictures you can imagine, uh. and they recovered. Um, so I was like, "Wow, that's." But I'm like, I need to do something else. else. I need to. Uh, so I, I, I learned about Rodale Press, and I was like, "That's what I want to do." Hmm. Like, I want to take this, all this stuff, and like talk to a lay audience. And I kept sending them, you know, resumes and they sent me nice rejections. And then at some point somebody found a headhunter found them and called me up and I wrote a book chapter. The sample book chapter that you had to write to get a job there at the time was a chapter on dental floss. Hmm. And uh, because they believed in infotainment. So if you could make a chapter in dental floss, educational and engaging, you were in. You're in. Yeah. So it was uh, that was the that was the litmus test. And that that's that that started me on this trajectory in the most wonderful life. I met like all my friends. I met my husband. I found my path. I got into bike racing, and it was, it was the one of the biggest, most important cornerstones of my existence. Mm. Do you have a preferred medium to read? And I don't mean like digital ebook. I just mean short form, long form, classic literature. Like if I told you. Okay, here's the Library of Alexandria. It has all the books ever written. All you yeah, know, like hard. you'd be like, okay, I gotta go somewhere. Would you be running to fiction? Would you be running to? Fi- I would be running to fiction. Okay, I, I like a good story. Mm-hmm. It's funny. A friend of mine kind of wrecked it for me for a while. Like we were, <laughs> we were, we were on a ride, and she's very nonfiction, and she's like. Fiction is just a waste of time. She's like, there's so many. Like, why would you read something not real? There's so many people to like. Hmm. I was like, am I wasting my time? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like what? Are you, what has she done? And now she's reading fiction. I'm like, Christine, you killed me. Yeah. Like she's like, oh no, there's some good stories. I'm like, of course there's some. But I like I like a good story. Like I like I like, and and there's no one particular genre that I gravitate towards. Right. I used I was in a book group for about 20 years, that I recently just took a hiatus from. But um, what I liked about that is it it, it I just read stuff that I never would have found out about or read on my own because there's, it's so hard to choose. You know, there's. I, I, yeah, don't ever read the statistics about the amount of stuff that's published every minute, right? Because you're oh just like, my oh my god, I'm never well, even going to like music, the, right? Yeah. It's just impossible to 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 dig through it. But you know, so I 
So these days I've got like a stack, like everybody who likes to read on the bed, you know, different things. Everything from like Blondie's memoir to I'm finally reading How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And Mm. uh, I'm looking for my friend, that friend who is into fiction gave me a book, but it was about like a teenage girl that disappears. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I've got a teenage girl and I'm not reading something that's going to take my head into any. I already have a good enough imagination. So you can have that one back. Yeah. Did you ever read the book, uh, Non Sequitur, The Girl Who Loved Tom Nolan? N-O-L-N. I know that. I have not read it's, it. Uh, I, I don't want to quote the author because I'm going to get it wrong. I think it might even be. No, nah, I don't think it's a Stephen King book because um, it's not really a horror story. It's about a, about a girl who gets lost in the woods um, and she's Tom Nolan's a baseball I dude. Just got, I got like, goosebumps yeah. you just saying that. Oh, no. She, she survives. Okay. She comes as it comes. Has, it has a happy ending. I, I won't spoil it. Well, then it. I would read it. Yeah, it, has <laughs> a, it has a happy ending. Um, it is definitely a rite of passage sort of book, but it's literally about a girl who gets lost in the woods. Um, and. and uh, she has a. She loves baseball. And Tom mm. Nolan is, I think, a, was a pitcher. I, I don't know much about. Yeah, baseball. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so she was big into Tom Nolan, and that that plays into how you know what she does with her days while she's literally lost in the woods in New England. Good story. Um, it's a novella. I mean, I was just like wondering because that's a, a fiction story, but it's a great. That sounds great. That's a great up story my with a capital S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't mean to add more things. I don't like the question, you know, if you're stuck on a desert island, you're going to take one book, what would it be? For me, it would be like the Merck Manual or something, you know, like something really, <laughs> like, oh, the one about diseases. Um, but what... Um, yeah, because I don't reread things. So that yeah. would be, my mother would take The Good Earth. The pages are falling out of it. I'm like, that's the most terrible book ever. Uh, Sorry to everyone who loves The Good Earth. <laughs> well, that, that's how the world works. Any book I love, somebody hates, somebody yeah. hates. Um, what's the book that you've, I don't want to say read the most times through, but that you've spent the most time with? There was one by Wally Lamb, and I can't remember the title of it. It was about twins. It was it was the only book that I got to the end, and I just started sobbing because I usually don't get like I'm very emotional. I cry at like movies and and Folgers commercials and things that have no business <laughs> making me cry. But like you know, I, I don't I I don't I don't cry. Does anybody books. know what Folgers even is anymore? But this, but was, <laughs> this was like. Yeah, well, you know that the son know comes exactly home from mean. the military, and the, right. the mom doesn't know, the and he comes up waking. on the porch. Yeah, exactly right. Everybody's crying. I think um, I've even seen that commercial. Yeah, but I, but I don't really cry books. And that was it. Was like I, it spent the most time with it because it was like nine hundred words. You know, it was like a huge or nine hundred pages long. But uh, I know this much is yes, true. Yes, I know this much is true. <laughs> and oh, I'm, I'm cheating. Somebody just held a computer out to me and said, "This book." And I'm that, like, that I, book. I got to the end of it and just had like this crazy emotional response from the just. But that's I mean maybe that's yeah. a good thing. Maybe there was something new to be released. Yeah, um, no, it was, it was it was good. I, and that's what I mean by a good story. Like I want something that because I like to read to wind down. That's one of my favorite ways to like signal to my brain that it's time to like day's mm-hmm. done or time time to wind down. But I don't have I'm, if it's. You got to get me in the first 40 pages or you're not going to get me. You know, like I, I have what I call the page 88 test. Oh, 88. You make Just, it twice as long no, as no, I no, no. Okay. <laughs> Open the book to page 88. Find the first either paragraph. Like, don't start in the middle of the paragraph, mm-hmm. but just read something off of page 88. And by that point, the author will be done with the preliminary, I'm not sure how to start the book stuff. And you should be in the meat of the book. Hmm. And if you read page 88 and find yourself reading page 89, this is going to be a good relationship. That's oh. what I do. I mean, I, don't, I won't no, throw the book away. My mom but, reads the end first. Oh, I don't know that I'd want to do that. She always, well, yeah, that face is the, just the right face. <laughs> she always says, but 
I kind of like she doesn't want to be mad at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't be mad at my. So I kind of like I kind of get it. You know, <laughs> this but, book and I are on a timeout, right? Right. <laughs> like, up timeout. But that's how I felt with this book that this my friend gave me. I'm like, if I knew that this this girl was like, if I knew everything was going to be like a bow on the end ending, I would get through it but i mm. d- i wasn't willing to put myself she mm. gave me another one she she likes these these t- there, it was a lot of tension and it was another it was a young girl growing up in a swamp and you always felt she was on the verge of danger right and it was but you grow to like her so much so you didn't want anything terrible to happen to her and <laughs> it's like it, don't be a book i know i know it's i know a, please don't be a terrible thing <laughs> 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 yeah where the crawdads sing i think it was, it was really great yeah are there any books? I don't tend to give away a lot of books, but I do gift give books. I'm a big believer in books should never be loaned. You should always give them. Yeah. Like just give somebody a book and don't ever give it back. People don't ever give them back anyway. So you well, well I didn't mean it as a passive aggressive. You no, I know. I know. <laughs> but yes. And my mind is doing I used to give Dr. Seuss's My Many Colored Days to people. Oh, that's a good one to give. But I was going to say, what, what book do you think you've given a lot? You know, I don't need the one you've given the most, but like what are books that you tend to share? Oh, help me. Now I'm going to need help because... It's it's I love octopuses and it's about look up an octopus book for me. <laughs> Most of the, the listeners the know there's a lives. third person. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the secret lives of octopus. I know there's a Netflix series called My Octopus I saw Teacher, that. I which saw I, saw that. I saw. No, but this is yes, Soul of an Octopus. <laughs> I've given that to so many people. When I, I, was, I was so annoying <laughs> reading that book. Like I would just, my husband would be fast asleep. I'm like, do you know that octopuses have three hearts and they can move every single, like so many things. Mm-hmm. Like I'd just be like this annoying font of octopus facts. <laughs> and, but I, I loved it so, so much. So if I had definitely that one. Mm. Definitely that one. <laughs> I'm laughing because I mentioned at the beginning, you know, like if you have things you want to look up, this, I often wind up going to these obscure places where I'm asking you to root around in the cobweb right. corners of your mind. <laughs> People are like, what's the word for you? <laughs> what's the word for I forget? Anything else you want to say about books before I move on? Either ones you've written or ones you're reading or if you, if everybody within the sound of my voice, if you're still listening at this point, you must read, and we've already done one, but anything else that you think people should read? I mean, there are some really good books about like the Constitution or surveys of history. Like, there's all kinds of things that people should read. But I'm just wondering. I'm reading one called The Unwell Woman right now. That's going to be coming out. I, I and I think that it's worth. I think it's worth any woman. I mean, men too. If if if, if you're game to pick it up, and just how you want to talk about. You know, I used to roll my eyes super hard when people use the word the patriarchy. I'd be like, oh boy, here we go. You know, but now I'm like. They're right. <laughs> Man, they're right. Yeah. Like what male dominated androcentric medicine has done to women since the beginning is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like I knew it was horrifying, but I'm even more horrified by it as I'm reading because it's a history of that. Mm-hmm. And even like the Greeks that we loved, you know, put on the pedestals. Certain like, parts oh, of the Greeks. Oh my yes. God. Some of it. Yes, exactly. Like the treatment of women in their wandering wombs and how evil they are and like all this stuff is just stunningly terrible. And what's that called? The unwell woman? Yes. But not yet. You, you have a pre. I have a pre, but it's out. It's, it's out it's the coming. end of the month. Cool. Yeah. And uh, uh, definitely I can pre-order it, I'm sure. And it's really eye-opening. Cool. Really eye-opening. And I really am enjoying Dr. Uh, uh, not that, uh, Michael Pollan's How to Change Your Mind. I mean, I, I've had friends who've talked about that forever, you know, and the, the, the history and benefits of uh, 
psychedelics is fascinating to me. It's in the last five years, there's been a lot more talk about sea change. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. that's the word. Well, I have a friend who had chronic, chronic, terrible depression for, and he read it, and it took him a long time to to sort of come around. But he he lives in California where they have ketamine clinics, mm-hmm. and it has changed his entire life to have the the guided. I mean, it's changed his entire life. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting stuff. I, I would agree. You know, we and it, it, this, we could. I, this is a, a the soapbox. I'm happy to get on all day, but it really bothers me that I can go and buy a case of Jack Daniels, but I can't buy oh, weed. I mean, yeah. like, like <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little bit. Our, some of our laws are puritanical, and Pennsylvania is a great classic. We still have blue laws here about you can only purchase alcohol from state controlled stores, and it's just like it's all power. It's all yeah. power. I mean, but I mean, that's in my opinion, that's a pretty minor. Like you know, the world sucks. That's a pretty minor item on the world sucks list. I agree, but it is just like a, an example of like why? Why do? And we, we just to, finally could buy like wine in a grocery store <laughs> in the past. Like, oh five man, years. that was cutting edge. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you remember when the liquor bottles used to have the f- tax things on? Yeah. <laughs> That's how your parents could tell if you ever opened the bottle, you had to break yeah. the tax. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those were oh, the those days. days. Mm-hmm. There's a book. That is, I, I refer to it as my anti-library, with A-N-T-I, like the opposite of a library, which I think I got from Brian Holiday. Anyway, and the idea is it's like a reminder of all the shit that I don't know. Like, not so much like it's meant to guilt me. Which is me, good. No, yes. that's good. That's and I look good. at it and I'm like, I like you know, learning what I don't know. I never really sat down and like poured through fundamental human biochemistry. Mm-hmm. But I love to ramble on about intermittent fasting. Maybe I should read something. That book reminds me that I should check my <laughs> assumptions a little bit. So you read that book. Um, so there's just cool things like that. Um, I read a book once called, um, I'm pausing because I can't remember. I think it's Four Fish. It might be three fish. It could be five fish. This is not a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> Blue fish, red no, fish. No, no, no. I think it's called Four Fish. And it, it's basically, it talks about uh, salmon. It's like four staple fish that that are like a major deal in the whole Western, United States Western ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in terms of like, if you wipe these fish out, you got all kinds of problems. But also in terms of like, we eat them. Right. Farm it just talks about where these fish come from. And it's kind of an eye opener about just what like yeah fish do not look they, to me i thought fish shape was the shape that they came in the soup right, right, right. it's like no this is an animal right um, but it was a good book it talked about the different just the history of those fish that was a good one that i read do you have it i just went and oddly i know exactly where i read that book i read it when i was on a trip once are there any books that always take you to the same place like same physical place in your mind i i don't revisit books enough to answer that question mm, i'm just curious yeah My, okay so i'm weird I think that's... <laughs> I'm curious what book takes you... Well, I was just thinking, I read that book, Four, I think it is called Four Fish. I, it, it impressed me so much, I can remember the title. But I was at a retreat for a certain programming, because right. right. I was like, I brought I, a couple books with me. I do have a funny me. story about a book. Okay. Go ahead. Oh. Is there a story you'd like to share? Well, it, it, it's, just, it's not a long story, but it's, it's, you're making me think about... The, I, I read this book, and I, I honestly can't remember the title of it. It was the Mayan something, I think. It was, it was a sort of a, a dark story about these tourists that were in the Mexican Mayan jungles, right? They, but they were on vacation, so they're mm. all hungover. And they go on like a, a guided tour kind of thing. And it all oh, goes terribly wrong. Like <laughs> it ends up being like very Blair Witchian. And it's that kind of almost mystical, terrible things happening, you know, spirits and plants that are like living. And it was 
I couldn't put it down, but it was horrifying. And I finished it. It was an airport book. I bought it in the airport. I read it. I finished it in the airport waiting for my flight. And I'm like, I'm not like, I felt like I didn't want this book with me anymore. (laughs) Right. Like, so I, I literally, I left it in the airport intentionally and I'm sitting there and the, we're in the air and the flight attendant walks down the aisle and she's got that freaking book in her hand. And she's like, I think you left this. I was like, Oh my God. God. No, like, no. I, like uh, sorry, I think you're mistaken. <laughs> Why don't you take that book? Yikes. It was like the ring or something. I'm like, just take. I don't want it. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to be mindful of your time, so I think I would just say, and of course, the final question is three words to describe right, your I practice. About it. <laughs> it's okay. It's part of. It's. I would say. My, if I had to use three words to describe my mission and my practice, it would be to inspire, to empower, and to humor. Terrific, as I often say. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you, get to hang out, talk about bikes, talk about books. Um, yeah, thank you very much. I'm thank sure you. I'll see you around. Yeah, no, I, I pass by here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.